0: Repeat the topic with me, please. Say, a courageous courageous look 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 at the present. present. What would it be like if you took a courageous look at your past, present, or future? If you took a step back and had a conversation about that? And that's what we're talking about in this series. We're having courageous conversations all year. And each Sunday, each month, we pick a particular area of conversation we need to have and since it's my birthday month we're looking at life and at certain seasons you do look at your past look at your present look at your future and then last the last part in the series we're going to talk about looking at those around you your friends a lot of times if I want to know where you're headed I just look at your friends they tell me your story more than you know because it tells me what, it, what, in, what uh, impresses you. It tells me what you are entertained by. Because these are the people that you've chosen to invest your life with. And sometimes I think it's hard for people to admit that their friends tell their story. But they do. They tell a lot about you. Who you choose to love. Who you choose to date. The people you date don't have the same values you have, but you date them. What does that say about your values? That your values they are they're marginal. That they're not necessarily firm. They can be bought, loved away, kissed away, hugged away, romanced away. All he's got to do is say the right words. All she's got to do is make the right moves. And you don't care what the Bible says, Jesus says, God says, anybody else says. Because for you, they're not really that firm. I I wanted to, uh, in this study though, take a look back and analyze my life. And see, not just my friends, but my past choices, my present choices, and my future choices. Last week, we talked about the past. This week, we talked about the present. Each week, I kind of pick a question that kind of summarizes this. So here's the question for the week. First of all, what tools do I have to work with right now in my life? Right now. what, What do I have right now in my life to work with? Not what I had to work with, not what I will have to work with, but what do I presently have in my life to work with? Now, that's an important question because a lot of people spend too much time dwelling on what they used to have. I used to work here. I used to do that. I used to have this. but Now, that's, not, that's, that's, not, that's no longer here. Or some people spend uh, an equal amount of time worrying about the future. I will be one day. I will be a producer but now you're not. you're not. You're not there now. You're not a producer today. You're not, gonna, you're not an artist today. Here's what you are today. Let's deal with the present. Can everybody say the present? present. Say it again. Come on, say the present. the present. Hand signals, please. You ready? Come on, say the present. the present. We're talking about right here, right here where we are right now. See, this is what we're dealing with. We're not dealing with anything up there or back there. We're dealing with right here. What is overcoming by faith have today? Not what it will have. And I really think a lot of pastors get dragged into this future thinking and they don't think about current budget, live within this number, please. Here's where we are today, okay? Let's not talk about just building for tomorrow and sabotage today. Today, you can afford this car, not that one. Sorry, put the Mercedes back, nothing wrong with it, nice car. But today is a Ford day. Come on, say amen. With me. This is the day we keep the used car. This is the day we stay in this apartment because today, this is what we can pay for. Today, we can stay warm and dry in here. We try to go there, we're going to be outside. Here, warm and dry. Apartment, house. Come on, say amen Right, you gotta. right? This is apartment season. It's not house season. Oh, this is this house season, not dream house season. we here. Everybody say here. Here. Right here. It's where we are. This is who I have today. This is the man I have today. Uh-oh. Here we go. This is the woman I have today. This is it. Because of my past choices, I am here. This is it today. So the question is, what can I do with what I have today? Not not getting so lost in the past or the future that I forget today. And I want you to just think with me for a second because that's important. And what I'm going to give you is three things that I believe the Bible says really four. There's a fourth I just added, okay? Four things that I believe that God says you have. Three you have written, one you're going to write down. You ready? Here we go. You have God's presence. Come on, say God's presence. God's God's promise. God's God's perspective. perspective. Here you go. You ready? God's provision. God's provision. provision. I'm going to jump to provision first, and I'll come back to it later, okay? Because I think because it's not on your paper. I'm going to start where we need to start. It's a great place. Exodus 4. I'm not going to read it in a second, but I'll read it in a minute. In Exodus chapter 4, Moses is asked a profound question. God calls him to the ministry. God calls him to go talk to Pharaoh, and he is terrified. He's all excited, you know. Yeah, God, you know, do something about this guy. And then God says, I'm going to send you. And he went, wait a minute, hold on. I told you to do something about it. I told you to do something about the people, but I don't send me. And then he starts talking and questioning himself, and he makes this profound statement. God makes, brother, this profound statement to him. He said, what do you have in your hand, Moses? What do you have in your hand? And all he had was a staff, a stick, a walking stick. He says, okay, let's start with that. Right here, let's start with what you have. The education you have, the skills you have, the life you have, the marriage you have, the money you have, the health you have, what you have right here. This is where we start. But let me start not there. Let me start with, with what you have on your paper, the first one, number one. Say God's presence. God gives you a presence and a promise, he says in John 14. In John 14, verse 15, this is uh, the conditional promise he lays out. And this promise is designed to give you comfort. Here's what he says: if you love me, keep my what? Commandments, and I will pray the Father. Here's the promise. And he will give you another helper. The promise is: I'm gonna give you a helper, I'm gonna be with you, I'm gonna be present with you, I'm gonna abide with you forever. I'm never going to leave you. But the condition is you have to listen to me. If you're not listening to me, it's not, my presence won't matter. You nullify the value of my presence if you're not hearing what I'm saying and doing what I'm saying. What, what good is all of this if you don't listen to any of it and apply it to your life? So if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper or comforter, it says in the King James, that he may abide with you how long? Forever. Forever. See, he promises his presence is going to be with you. And he's called the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells where? With you. There's that presence again. And will be where? In you. So this whole idea of being with you, not leaving you as an orphan. And so that is the promise. But please notice the condition. You must keep, not throw away, my commandments or instructions. If you don't do that, it doesn't work. And I want you to just think about that for a second. If you don't do that, if you don't, don't, no matter how much you feel his presence in your life, if you don't do what he says, it nullifies his presence. It's as if he's not in your life at all. And what his presence brings to you is truth. You will have the presence of God's Spirit, and He calls Him the Spirit of Truth. God's presence brings truth to your life. Things you, you, you need to know. And I love the fact that he says, I promise you that. I'm going to show you the truth. Maybe hard to know, but I'm, I'm going to show you the truth. And then he says, secondly, I'm going to give you a real spiritual advantage, I'm going to give you my perspective. If you look with me and notice in chapter 16, verse 12, I I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Just pause and think about that. How many things can God say to you? Have you ever talked to people, but you can't give your perspective? You just have to listen, because you know they can't handle your perspective. They think one way, you think another. And sharing perspective can be nerve-wracking. I, I tell this story. It's old. I've told it, I don't know how many times. A guy i met, never saw him before in my life. It was a big, a huge guy. And he was just talking to me. Pastor Rick, I like you so much. You're just amazing. And he was saying, he's really big. Looking down at me. And he, People don't like me. Why do you think they don't like me? <laughs> On my job. Give me a hard time. He's going through this whole thing. And I was, you, know, you kind of decide, should I? Shouldn't I? Any <laughs> meeny money mo, should I run? Or <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. And I, I said, Well, I'll take a chance, you know, I'll take a chance. So you want me to tell you? So you're intimidated. I just met you. You come off as intimidating. The way you talk to people, the way you respond. There are things in our lives that we were not able to bear. This might be fun. You ready? Can you think of something that you could not bear that would have helped you if you could have bared it? If somebody had told you. Can you think of something? Raise your hand if you think something. I ain't going to tell you to say it. Just raise your hand. Put it up high. Let me see. Can you think of something? Okay. Anybody got one you can say? You feel like you want to say it? I didn't, I'm not making anybody say it. Just anybody got one? So yeah, I wish somebody had told me this is about myself. I just couldn't bear it at the time. But somebody, come on. Who can say it? Don't let me go first. No, no, no. I'm, I'm letting you shout it out. Just shout it out. Shout it out. Just shout it out. Shut your mouth, shut your mouth and listen. Ain't you just saying it, sister girl? Today, just <laughs> shut your mouth and listen. All right, somebody else. Somebody else. You couldn't bear it at the time. You would have fought, gotten mad, but now you know they should have told me this. What? Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Come on. What? You, what? What? You talk too much. You talk too much. Okay. The talking thing is rolling in today. Ain't that good? <laughs> Somebody else. Somebody else. Come on. What can you say? What can you let out? You're going to help somebody. You're going to help somebody. You think you know so much. Mm, mm, You've been fighting back then, right? You tell me that What right now, but come on. Brothers, you got anything to say? All the brothers quiet today. No brothers in here. What you say loud, brother? Talk too much too, huh? Talking is winning today. Can I get one more? One more, one more. Yes, another brother. Talk too loud. Mm -hmm. intimidating people, shut up, right, getting too loud now the brother coming, the brother, yeah what you saying you know everything, (laughs) now let's stop right there see notice with me how easy it is to look back and say there were things that I needed to hear but I was not able to bear them, I wonder how they in it today I wonder, are there any any messages that God wants to give to you, but you cannot bear them? The truth would be devastating to you. Man, I don't know about you, but I have those moments. I had one this week with God where I locked myself away for the purpose of discovering things. Went through my money, business, went through all my stuff. Pay attention, pay attention. Every now and then you need to just walk around your house and pay attention. Can you be spoken to? I still have many things Jesus said in verse 12 of John 16 to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, here's what I promise you. He will guide you into all truth, but you got to listen, I'm saying. And he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak, and he will tell you things to come. So please understand, that's what he's going to do. Then verse 14, he's going to glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Those are things he promises. So here are four things he promises. Number one, he says, I'm going to guide you, I'm going to speak to you, tell you things to come, and I will, and we'll, in the end, honor honor God. But that is what you can say you have now which is not too bad to start you got his presence you got a promise and you have a perspective the holy spirit wants to give you his view on your life his angle his perspective but it all starts with what you have your provision which takes me to exodus chapter four write this down this is not in your notes you're going to write and scribble this all over okay Exodus 4. I'll only read the verses slow, I promise. I won't just whip through them just to just read them all later. But Exodus 4. There was a personal provision that God gave to Moses. Because Moses had a problem believing that what he had now in his life was enough. He struggled with his current supply of gifts. We always think we need more gifts. We always think we need more talent, more money, more notoriety, more friends, more connections, bigger network. But that's not how you start. Here's what he said in Exodus chapter 4. Listen to this conversation. Moses answered the Lord after God told him, I want to send you to go talk to Pharaoh. He answered the Lord, suppose they will not believe me. Or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. Okay, you sitting here talking to a burning bush? <laughs> with your shoes off. <laughs> the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? Let's start with that. Didn't talk about what the people would believe or not believe, just simply said, what do you have in your hand? Can you say that with me, please? Come on. What do you have in your hand? Make it more personal. Come on. Say, what do I have, do I have in, my hand? in my hand? Here's what he said. A rod. That's what he answering. I got, I, I got a stick, walking stick. That's all I got. That's it. We can start with that. Cast it on the ground. I don't need anything but what you have. I don't need you to go borrow it from your cousin, your brother, or anybody else. All I need is what you got. pair of eyeglasses will work. A comb will work. A shoe will work. What do you have in your hand? A stick. Cast it down. Now, I want you to understand this. He didn't throw it down for him. You throw it down. And then he cast it down, and it became a serpent. And the Bible says he ran. Shocked yourself, didn't you? It's amazing what you can do when you work with God. Come on, say amen. Amen. He don't need much. All it is is you to cast it down. And I'm telling you, he threw it down. It turned to a snake. And then he said something that was amazing to him. Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Now, I know you playing. (laughs) You playing. You didn't see me run. (laughs) Were you watching me? I ran, right? So now you want me to grab the snake by the tail. But here's where you see something in Moses. Sometimes you're scary until you're challenged. God knew all he had to do was start with Moses, and he knew it would come out after a while. And the Bible says he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod again. You can see most say, you go on with your bad sin. But see, God is awakening something in you. Sometimes your faith is asleep and God got to wake it up for you. Sometimes you don't know you can make money like that, but God can show you you can make some money. You got to start with $5, then $10, then $20, then a whole $100. Bless God. And sometimes you don't know that you can speak until you say one word. Sometimes you got to testify before you preach. Come on, say amen if you're hearing me. Sometimes God has to put you in a circumstance all by yourself. Come on, say it with me, please. Come on. All, all by yourself. Nobody's there but the sheep and Moses. You don't want anybody else around. They can't see this. They haven't earned the right to be in this room. Mm, mercy, God. They haven't earned the right. That's why you're by yourself. God's trying to bless you, and you're trying to bring people in. And say, no, I don't want nobody to go to church with you today. Go by yourself. I don't want anybody with you. I'm about to bless you all by yourself. Go look for the job by yourself. By yourself. By your what? Self. Throw that rod down. Threw that stick down. It tells me God used, number one, what he had, his staff and his hands. Hold your hands up. He used his hands, but he's not finished with it yet. Now watch this, verse 6. Then he said, verse 6, furthermore the Lord said to him, now put your hand in your bosom. Put your hand in your jerk, in your jacket there. And when he took it out, it was leprous. Now that's another moment. <laughs> <laughs> then he said, put your hand in your bosom again. He Put it back in again. And drew it out again and restored to normal. Now, see, he's catching on now. He's not arguing about the second time. All you need is one good time. See God work on your behalf one good time. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. Throw, come on, throw this one good time. That, that's, that's why some of you should be more inspired than you are because you've been here before. You've been broke before. You've seen God heal you before. You've seen circumstances overwhelm you before. Come on, lift your hand if I'm telling you the truth. Come on, say amen. Now you know. You know when they they have the uh, what is that when they when they rhyme they, when it's a really good thing. Uh, uh, what's that thing? Uh, oh man! Come on, come on. What is it? What is it? What is it when they rhyme the words? What is it? What you call it? poetry. What's the spoken word? And when it's really good, they go like this right there. Yeah, there you go. They do this. They snap their finger. And sometimes sometimes, sometimes, people that's, that, are, that are mute go like this. Come on, wave your hand like this. Come on. Pretend you can't talk. There's something about understanding that once God delivers you one good time, the second time ain't hard for you. why I'm so inspired. I'm so excited about overcome by faith. We've been in battles many times before. We've seen God. We're on the good side of the river right now. We know God can take us through another storm. We'll come back up again. Come on, say amen. Yeah. But not only did God use the staff and he had, God used his hands, but then God used the river he had access to. Because Moses asked, he said in verse 9, It shall be if they do not believe even these two signs. And they don't listen to your voice. If they don't listen, he said, what what, what do I do next? He said, take the water from the river. Pour it on the dry ground. And the water which you take from the river will become blood. Notice God uses his hands, his staff, and what he has access to. Come on, say, God uses his staff his hands, and what he has access to. God doesn't need what you don't have access to. Stop getting mad because you don't have access. He'll use your stick, your hands, and what you have access to. And then Moses says, well, Lord, I have one more question. There is still a problem with this plan. I don't speak well. Now, I love out of all the answers he's given in verse 10, I love his answer. Here's what he says. Moses said to the Lord in verse ten, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. But I'm slow of speech and of tongue. You know, I can't talk well. Now, he's talking to a burning bush. Carrying on a big dialogue working miracles, and said he can't speak. Why do you focus on your weaknesses? Why do you repeat to God what he already knows about you? You got big feet, everybody knows it. God knows that you know it, just work with it. If you can't speak well, if you're a little bit heavier than you want to be, a little lighter than you want to be, whatever it is, a lot is educated, do you think he doesn't know? Do you think he's like, oh, I didn't know that? That's not where we start. I love the fact that Moses and God started in different places. Moses started with his weaknesses. God started with his strengths. Moses started with what he didn't have and who he didn't have access to. God didn't mention any of that. That's obvious. You don't have everything. It's obvious you don't know everything. That's not the question today. We don't we don't need to talk about that today. Here's what the Lord said to him, verse eleven. Who has made man's mouth? Who makes the mute, the deaf, that that, that mess with your theology? And the seeing or the blind. I control all the gifts everybody has. We have a real theological problem with those things, but that's okay, you'll get over when you get to heaven. You can argue with God about it. But he said, I made everybody. Then he goes on and says this, have not I, the Lord, now therefore go and I will be with your mouth. You may not have the words, but I will be with your mouth. And I will teach you what to say. And here's Moses' response. Here's what he said to all God said about what he had now. Here's what he said. Listen to this. It's this amazing. Oh my Lord, please sin by the hand of whomever else you, want, you may sin. You somebody else, please. <laughs> Stick didn't change his mind. Leprosy didn't change his mind. Water turning into blood didn't change his mind. God's comforting words didn't change his mind. You know, I didn't put it down, but you can read on in the chapter. You you know what changed his mind? His brother. He needed somebody, a crutch. The Lord looked at him and said, you know what? Here comes your brother. (laughs) See him right there? I sent him. (laughs) Aaron's going to go with you. He'll be your mouthpiece. Who are you leaning on? Pretending that you can't do it because you don't have enough in your life. You think you need them, but you don't. I need a man. I can't advance until I get married. I can't buy a house, can't do anything until I get a man. Got to have a woman. Don't have a woman, I just can't make it. Until I, until I, until I get discovered in Hollywood, I'm nobody. (laughs) What is it in your life that has you stagnated because you don't have enough and you need something else? Your stick isn't enough. Your hand's on enough. Your God is not enough. His promise is not not enough. His presence is not enough. You're still leaning on your friends. What's really hilarious is when you read Moses' story, Moses would let Aaron talk for a while, but then he'd jump in. And after a while, Aaron doesn't talk at all. Because over time, Moses learned he didn't need him. He had enough. And so do you. Come on, say amen. So do you. (laughs) Father, I pray in Jesus' name for your people today that the power of the living God would come alive in their hearts and in their minds. They would know that God cares about them. And he knew from the very beginning of time what they would not have. And he was not worried about it because he is God. He is God and in charge. God took a young boy who grew up in a family that didn't go to church much, hardly at all, took a young boy whose family come from the country, whose mama raised him by herself. And he said, I got a plan for him that he can't see. Father, I thank you that you just use what we had. And I thank you, Father, that because I use what I had, I look forward and I see a good future coming. Father, I I courageously thank you and promise to use, won't you join me in this prayer, lift your hand. We courageously promise to celebrate what we have right now. We're going to use our hands, use our resources, use our skills, our words, and we're going to trust you. We're going to do like Moses, Father. And go, but we're not going to be Lord God. We're going to learn from His example and learn to celebrate the present. And Father, may we never again say, I don't have enough. Put your hands down. Look at the preacher for a second. Look at the preacher. You looking at him? I want you to promise you're going to stop being mean to yourself, you're going to stop saying you don't have enough. I'm going to stop complaining about your education. Take the staff you have. Take the beauty you have. Take what you've got. He doesn't need anything else. He He didn't ask you. He didn't ask you for anything else. What do you have in your hand, Moses? We'll start with that. Father, we thank you. And we praise you in the name of Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Some of you, you've been thinking about serving Jesus all your life. But you thought you had to go get something. Some holiness, change your clothes, your hair, stop saying bad words. Listen, bring it all. Lay it at the cross. Just like you are. You, you're sexually confused, you're mentally confused, you're financially confused. <laughs> you're confused everywhere. You can think about it. Bring it all. Bring it all to Jesus. You are not to fix anything. Just come. Mistakes, failures, bad memories, crime, record, bring it all. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life and I want you to pray for me. I want to start a life with Jesus. I want to get my life going in the right direction spiritually. What you said today speaks to me at all kinds of levels. I'm glad to know that God will take what I have to work with. Don't need anything else. Just my hands. Just my, just my sticks. Just what I have access to. If you're here and you say, pray for me, Pastor, because today... I want to leave here starting a walk with God. I want to leave here right with God. Right there in your seat, I'm going to pray for you right there in your home, wherever you are. I'm going to pray for you right now. If you're here and that applies to you, I want you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Say, yeah, pray for me, Pastor. I see you. I see you. I see anybody else. Do I see you? Where are you? I'm trying to look for you. I'm praying for people today. Anybody else? Say, Pastor, I want to start a life with Jesus, get my life going in the right direction. Father, I pray for those whose hands are up and those whose hearts are lifted, those home and here. Let this be the beginning of a new life for them. Let this be the day that they say, Jesus, I need to surrender my life to you. And I need to let this be the day that my life goes in a brand new direction. And I give you all the glory. And I give you all the honor for Jesus who died on the cross for my forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Everyone say amen.